0: unreal, unsensive,
1: unpredictable.
2: <laughs> Good morning. Oh, it's in the afternoon. It's six minutes past 12. You're listening to Mashiko on Womanda Girl Power All Grown Up. Today, we're um, floating a new idea on the show. It's going to be a monthly feature and it's called Respect. Why it's called respect is because a really dear friend of mine who actually got me to be on the station told me that the word respect actually is made up of two two Latin words, re meaning again. And spect, meaning to look, which actually means to look again. So seeing from different perspectives. And I thought this is the perfect word to call this feature on our show. It's really going to be about ordinary South African women doing extraordinary things or extraordinary South African women doing ordinary things. The point of it is to get to know each other better. Sisters, we're going to show each other some respect and we're going to get to know each other better. And you can call us straight into the studio on 0861 five 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 one eight nine or you can get me on my Twitter handle, Pumi one or Cliffcentral.com or WeChat. You can talk to us on so many different platforms. Please do. We'd love to have you as part of our conversation. We have got in a phenomenal young woman because it was youth month, um, because it was youth day, I thought this is it. We're gonna kick off this show and this feature with a 19-year-old young woman, and she is phenomenal. She's got the heart of a lion. Bunola was born on the 4th of February, 1995. Believe it or not, sitting here across from me in the studio, all articulate and everything, 19 years old. But she's not just a 19-year-old South African black woman. She's actually got a very special story to tell. In all of her 19 years, Bunola has had... Five surgeries since the age of seven to fix what she tells me was a um, 4.7 centimeter deficit in her legs I was like what for real and she will share her story with us please stay with us and join the conversation
0: This is an ad for a smartphone that comes with a watch thingy. You need the watch thingy because nothing says I'm an upwardly mobile go-getter. Like spending all day looking at your wrist like a panic-stricken time traveler on a mission that's gone horribly wrong. Speaking of time, we're almost out of it. So here's the bit that'll bring my monologue to a close. But not before I throw in a few techie words That mean absolutely nothing Dig a ram, LTE, it's a terabyte dolphin You've heard this ad before And you deserve better Experience radio like you've never seen it before With the Gareth Cliff Show Live on Comedy Central Mondays to Fridays between 6 and 7.15am An honest, no-holds-barred radio show Everywhere except on f***ing radio
2: And I'm keeping Bonolo awake <laughs> <laughs> Bunolo, how are you? Welcome to the show.
3: I'm fine, thanks for you, Primi. Thanks for inviting me.
2: <laughs> Don't be nervous. I'm not nervous. You're not nervous. <laughs> no. That's okay because we're just gonna have a conversation. You, me, and all of our listeners. So tell me a little bit. When I read your blog, when I read your blog, what's your blog called again?
3: Uh, the X Fix Factor at blogspot.com. I mean, dot blogspot.com. <laughs> X Fix X
2: Fix. The- Factor. X fix factor. You've got to tell me about that. Why is that the name of your of your blog?
3: Um, because I have an external fixator. So I was like, well an external who? External fixator. It's an external brace that's held to your leg with like pins and struts. It's it's a bit of a complicated looking thing. But yeah, basically it allows the doctors to fracture your leg and then extend the fracture every day by however many centimeters you need. So that's what I got, and yeah, so that's my X factor, I guess.
2: So tell me about a little bit about yourself. You've got such an interesting life, starting from...
3: <laughs> I don't find my life six, that interesting. Six high schools, Minnesota. Oh, okay, well, I've been to six high schools. Um, I decided to be an exchange student when I turned 16, so I was in two high schools before that, one before my exchange trip, because I wasn't going to be here for the whole year. Then I was in two high schools in America. And when I came back, I was in three, no, I was in two here. So I went to two different Abbot schools. So, yeah, I travel a lot, different schools. I just easily make new friends. That's all.
2: And what would you say makes Bonalo tick?
3: I love art. So anything design, okay I'm not very good at drawing but I like I like coming up with new ideas so yeah I just love experimenting with art whether it's making t-shirts coming up with new ideas of drawings and stuff my best friend is into photography and stuff so we collaborate and stuff like that and I like also helping other people so whether it's helping someone homeless get back to their home country like recently did with my mom or just I don't know
2: anything. So when I first met you, you were dancing. <laughs> you, had, <laughs> you, you had that crazy brace that you have on your leg. You can see it on my, uh, on my Twitter on my Facebook. And you were dancing. And I was like, I just thought it was a broken leg or something. And you were going to be out of that thing in six weeks or something. How long do you have to keep that brace on?
3: Six to nine months.
2: Tell me about your disease. Tell me about what it is that that makes you have to have the brace.
3: Well, when I was seven years old, well, six, I was diagnosed with a blouse disease. So essentially, it just causes your leg to bow. So it can be both or the one. And then I have a rare form where it actually made my leg grow faster than the other one. So a lot of my previous surgeries before this one were for to stunt the growth of my left leg. And then it worked too well and it, it literally stopped growing. So then, my right leg continued to grow, and that's why I had the four point seven centimeter deficit
2: right, so you had one surgery to fix something, and then that surgery caused another thing it made no,
3: actually fix. it made it worse okay. and then they, it made it grow even faster than the right leg. Then they did it again, and then it was fine, and then later on, it was like, "Wait, this one's growing, this one nothing's happened to it, nothing's happening to it so we had to, well, we kind of left it alone. And then later on, they're like, no, actually, you have to get this fixed. Like, it's a big problem. You're going to have to get a hip or a knee replacement before you're 40.
2: So you were telling me earlier that you've had uh, surgery since you were seven years old. So you're not afraid of surgery, but you are afraid of sports.
3: I'm I'm, I'm afraid of getting hurt. I'm, I'm afraid of breaking bones. I don't mind going in for surgery. The doctor breaks it for me. I don't hear it. I don't feel it. I wake up and it's done. Breaking my bone outside, hearing it, feeling it thing, that would just freak me out. So sports, we're not friends. <laughs>
2: and um tell me about your surgery. Tell me about not your last surgery, but um the the first major surgery that you can remember.
3: I was seven. Um <laughs>
2: do you remember that one?
3: Yeah, I think I remember it because I was kind of traumatized because it was the first one. So like, a lot of crazy stuff happened before it. Like, I had to go to um the doctor who did my surgery. He was a professor at WITS. So then I had to go into this big classroom. I had to go into this big classroom, and I had to stand on a table, and all these students were watching me, and I had to walk around, and they were discussing my case and stuff like that. So it kind of made my... Condition more in my face, and I was like, "Oh my God, am I really that sick that I have to have all these people studying me? Like, is this something new?" And then I was also traumatized because someone—I don't know, I can't remember—who told me that people die in surgery, so I freaked out. I was like, "Oh my God, what if I die?" And all this stuff, and I started crying. Like, I didn't cry until the day of the surgery. As they were wheeling me in, I freaked out. I, my mom couldn't do anything. My dad, no one could make me stop crying. But one of my mom's friends uh, managed somehow. I don't remember how she did it. So that was traumatizing. But otherwise, no, it was fun. And my next door neighbor at hospital, she had both her legs. I don't know what they did to her. But she had like both of her legs in these casts. And she was hanged upside down. And she was like three years old, maybe. So she wasn't traumatized. I was like, okay, no, I can't be a baby. I'm getting beaten (laughs) by a (laughs) three-year-old. And since then, have
2: the surgeries become easier?
3: Yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm almost like in a rush. I'm like, I wanna be first. Let me go in, cause fasting for 12 hours, you get so hungry. You're like, okay, can it be my turn already? Can we like do this? Give me my painkillers and let me go home. So you you
2: were seven years old when you had your first surgery, and how often after that
3: were the the other surgeries? Um, maybe about three years apart, cause the next one I had when I was 12. The next one when I was 15 and my last one last year when I was 18.
2: And has it, has it made you self-conscious? Any of the surgeries, like earlier you were talking about like being studied, have they made you self-conscious in any way?
3: No, not really. Well, the first one, I kind of used to wear longer skirts and stuff like that. I think maybe because my granny was more traumatized than me. So I was like, okay, maybe let me just keep the scars to myself. But then oh, after some years, I was like, ah over at sewing miniskirts don't care
2: <laughs> and what about friends
3: what about making friends i've always had lots of friends in primary school i had a huge group of friends so it didn't stop me out if i wanted to play sports really i would i love dancing did not stop me so it was just kind of like people would point it out to me and i'm like oh by the way i have this not that oh my god it's such a big thing and going forward in your life
2: what is the one thing that, barring everything else, all things being equal, what is the one thing you would love to do with your life?
3: Mm, well, I want to help other children with orthopedic needs. I want to open schools. I just like, I almost don't like doing things for me only because then I'm like, okay, well, then when I die, what are they going to remember me for? She designed clothes. So what? Other people are doing that. And also, someone helped me well my doctors helped me so it's like I should help someone else because I know what it's like to live with this condition or I don't know what it's like to live with other conditions but I know that it's not fun to be constantly in pain or you can't participate in something because of your condition so I want to help other people because sometimes I feel like like my grandmother, she's always comparing me to other people before surgery because she's against surgeries. So she'll be like, No, some so and so's walking worse than you, don't do it. And I'm like, they shouldn't be left to suffer. Because the fact that they're walking worse than me means they're going through worse than me. So let's help them. People shouldn't make it okay to live with something that can be fixed. Because it's not fun. Like some guy that um works at a clinic nearby He can't. He had to stop going to school because it was too far for him to walk with his extremely bowed legs. And I was like, "But that can be fixed." But no one tells you it can be fixed. They're like, "I go right to Zolunga. It's 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 your
2: portion in life. Yeah, yeah. It's your portion in life." And and tell me about life with with the brace that you have now. So you've had your brace for six months now. Yes. And are going to have it for how long still? Uh, Maybe three more months. So you've got a brace and you've got um, crutches with you for people that can't see you. Mm -hmm. So you've got a a brace on your leg. And and tell me about that brace. Describe that brace to me.
3: Well, it has four rings. So two smaller ones by my ankle and two bigger ones up by my knee. And there's like 18 pins going through my leg to to hold everything together. And there's like six struts. So they're like, I don't know, cylindrical things connected to... The four the four uh, rings to hold everything together and make the um how do you think to make the extension be possible. Okay,
2: and how has the past six months living with with that brace and your crutches been? Have you always had crutches?
3: I've had crutches in the past, but it was for short times, like six weeks, and then maybe two weeks after that, while I learned how to walk again. And then everything was fine. So this is the longest I've had crutches, but it's not. Well, I think I'm a veteran at walking with crutches. So (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) I wasn't I wasn't like, oh, my God, how do I do this? Even the physios, I kind of told them, I was like, yeah, I don't need you. I can do this. Don't worry about it. You just tell me the exercises that are required for this and I will do it myself. But yeah, I think other people are more traumatized than I am. I was just like, I woke up, I looked at it, I was like, okay, that's kind of nasty, but it's fine, I'll live with it.
2: And um, so what has life been like your everyday? When we were working uh, earlier with the door, you were telling me about. Tell me about that. Those kinds of experiences.
3: Oh, I just have to learn to do things slightly differently, like doors, especially those ones that have that like spring thing that makes it bounce back. Then you ha- then I have to kind of figure out, okay. Do I push it put the crutch first try and keep it open while i go in things like stairs there's almost like a technique like bad leg down good leg up kind of thing and yeah I like bathing not allowed to get in the bath or let this thing get wet for a couple of months so like bathing in the in my basin kind of thing so but i've done these types of things before so it was like okay doing it again except the only difference here was like even clothes I can't wear pants or leggings, and my mom will let me cut my clothes. So. Speaking
2: of your mom, <laughs> I've got your mom on the line. We're going to ah. talk to her shortly.
3: Com.
0: So she's up now?
2: Okay, cool. Hi. Spure. Hello. We've got Bunola's mom on the line. Thank you for joining us. Thank so you. So we're having this awesome chat with your very bubbly daughter but <laughs> I, I wanted to uh, but i do want to talk because I, when i read on her blog um yes. your your experience of it and she was just talking now about her grandmother what was that like for you i mean we grow up and people are like bow legs are so cute everybody wants to have bow legs and when everybody what was that like for you first time mother and seeing this gorgeous baby girl of yours and thinking something is wrong?
4: Yeah, I mean, from the time she was about 10-1 and she started walking, I think she walked two, two days before her first birthday, I just saw the legs were abnormally bowed, and I thought, this doesn't look normal. But we just thought, oh, no, you see the child, she's in nappies and everything. Maybe this thing will improve. And everybody around us, they told us about the worst-case situation that they've seen of witness in their lives. And they said, no, no, she'll be fine. No, my cousin's child was even worse than that. We thought it will never correct if you were to see her now. And I just thought, but what if it doesn't correct itself? You know? mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be able to leave with myself as a parent not having gone and sought medical advice in terms of how we can correct the situation. So that's why I started having these questions. And her pediatrician had bowed legs himself, so he didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> and he was kind of fine with the situation. And when I went to see my gynecologist, he said to me, no, 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 I don't think this is right. You know, Better seek, 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 seek professional advice. And that's when we actually went And so the first specialist we saw was a podiatrist who then put on a treadmill and took a lot of pictures and showed the angulation and what was wrong. And she began her life of wearing inserts in her shoes which then kind of helped on the right leg but didn't help the left one. And that one just got worse. And I thought, no, no, no. Then by the time we actually went to the orthopedic surgeon, he said, no, the podiatrist wasted your time. You should have come to me first. I will be able to fix this thing. as a once-off corrective surgery that you don't have to do it again in your life. Oh, but wow. apparently it's got to do with the timing when do you do it in, in 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 her growing life if you do it too early it's not going to work if you do it too late again it's not going to work so that's why the first surgery at the age of 8 actually did not work
2: oh wow and so i know a little bit about you Mm-hmm. And I know you were a stone throwing youth. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
4: During my university days. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> and
2: no, but, but this is this is important. That's an important piece because how does it make you feel today to know that you have the opportunities to correct all these things with your daughter because of because of the decisions you made back then?
4: I mean, it was very comforting for me and I just wondered how many other families and parents out there did not have the same options that I had. I had the benefit of medical aid, although I've had a terrible experience with medical aid where Bonolo's leg has always been excluded. If you are moved from one medical aid to the other, we end up with a waiting period of one year where her leg is excluded and we have to pay for anything. If she's experiencing pain that is linked back to that leg, it will not be covered. So she can be covered for everything else but the leg. and then you wait after waiting, then you know you've obviously to start considering the surgery opportunities that are available with the advancement of of medicine and science
2: and how much of your fighting spirit do you see in your
4: daughter? um I think she's ten times me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, in, in 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 Zulu and each time I look at my daughter, I'm just thinking, wow, was it like that? Was I like this as 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 a child? And I just realized that I must have been a handful for my mom. My mom is much more conservative. I'm an easy mom, easy parent. My uh, children's friends say that. Oh, your that's mom what is they cool. They all say that's yeah, what they, they
2: I'm an easy mom. No one no,
3: disagrees.
4: Is is yeah, yes. <laughs> their, fri- their, friend, their friend says that I'm cool, and then my kids say no, you don't know my mom. So they know the other side of me that is not so cool. You know, when I actually have got to dupe to be a mother, like when I had to fight to the medical aid to actually get the authorization for this stage, the it was just too expensive. The original brace were quoted at 120,000 rents, and we did not have that much cover in terms of our medical insurance. They said, no, you're not going to get this thing done. And I just thought, okay, so if you don't authorize this operation now, you are now asking us that few years later, when I'm in my mm-hmm. 60s or 70s, I've got to be waiting outside the theater for Bonolo to be wheeled ah. out, you know, mm-hmm. with a hip replacement and a knee replacement. I was not prepared for that. Hence, I actually had to fight you know, to the bitter end and just put the mother's plea to say, you do not understand. I have to live with this child. I have to see her suffering. She could not participate in contact sport from high school and, 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 and high school because, you know, Anything could happen to that leg. I mean, if she fractures that leg, then something goes wrong. Then we're back in the theatre, and we've done our fair share of five operations in her 19 years of life in this world. And and when you when you I'm going to put you on the spot because I know
2: mothers and daughters hardly ever have this conversation. hmm Um, but when you look at at her. Yep. What in your heart is your heart's desire for her life?
4: Well, I want her to live a happy life. I want her to be able to do whatever that she wants to do and to really enjoy life to the fullest. I want her to have the opportunities that I never had as a child. My mom never went to school. At least I'm an educated parent. Her dad is also educated. So we can afford certain things that my mom and my dad could not afford. So I would really, really like her to explore the world, to do whatever that she wants to do. I always tell her, say, wherever you want to go, if it doesn't kill me, I will finance it.
2: So I've basically
4: put my life on hold to make sure that they get the opportunities that I never had. I felt that at 45, you know, I've seen quite a lot. Let their life continue and let me assist them to flourish in whatever that they need to achieve in life.
2: Oh, well, you know, she said to me when I was speaking to her, getting ready for the show, she said to me, With my mom is my mom first, before everything else. And I said, that is such rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> because you, before you were there, your mom was there and she had a whole other life. Yeah. And there were lots of other things happening. But hearing you speak now, I know you're her mom first.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, the thing is that I've got very maybe different principles uh, from other parents. I always tell my kids that I love them, but I do not see myself having to die for them. I always say there's one person that died for all of us, and that is Jesus Christ. I am here to support you, to nurture you, and assist you to achieve your goals in life. But I'm not here to die for you. You know, so that is one thing. So they understand. I always say that, no, no, I love myself. You know, I'm going to love myself more before I can actually love anybody else. And they understand that. I say, you my children. I love you and I love my mom. But I can tell you now, I'm not going to die for any of you. But I will do everything in my power to take you to the next level.
2: Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for talking to us.
4: Thank you.
2: Okay. Is it going? Is it going? Is it going? I don't know what you're looking for.
1: Talkin' wild Love my... T-
5: Check
2: oh nine we ain't here hurt nobody so give it to me give it to me give it to me cliffcentral.com so bonolo is dancing in the studio here you're tuned into womanla it's 1232 no she's not going to say it because the next thing the next thing after the womanla is girl power all grown up Duncan's giving me grief here Duncan's giving me grief in the studio but we're talking to bonolo Nineteen years old, heart of a lion, with an exceptional exceptional life. The the insert's called respect, and this is what we're doing. We're getting to know each other, South African women. So Winolom, tell me about your blog. Why did you start writing it?
3: Um, because everywhere I go, people always stop me, ask me questions, and I'm like, guys, like. You don't understand. Walking on crutches is a mission and a half already. So delaying me is a lot. So I was like, you know what? Let me just start a blog. Because everyone's like, oh, write your stories. This sounds so funny or whatever. Like, no, there's some things that are just funny about like the hospital. Like my my ward was haunted and things like that. What? <laughs> I need to hear about that. <laughs> I, like the bed across from me, the light was off. It was the only one in the ward where the light wasn't working. And the TV kept on switching on and off by itself and no one was there. So then the nurses decided to move me out of there. And I was like, I don't mind the ghost. I think you guys will make it attack me by moving me. Just Let's just respect the ghost and leave it alone. Was it Olympic ghost? <laughs> I have no idea. All I know is that that TV was going on and off, on and off, all by itself. I was like, uh-uh, this is not on. Because the first time I thought maybe I was hallucinating because of all the meds I was on. Then I was like, great. Let me call the nurses and find out if this is for real. And they came and they're like, oh my God, we turned on the TV? <laughs> <laughs> and what do you hope to achieve with your blog? Um, well, mainly it's, I kind of more started it for people who are going to go through this. So it'll be on my surgeon's website so that I don't, so that they don't freak out. Because sometimes when you read stuff about the surgery and how painful it'll be and all this stuff, it makes you almost not want to do it. So it's like, as much as it's painful, it's a mission to get around and stuff like that, it'll be worth it in the end. And, yeah, look at the brighter side of it. Like, hospital's nice. There are people to, at your beck and call 24-7. You have your own drug dealer. Have painkillers as much as you want until you leave. All the good stuff stops when you leave. So you should enjoy hospital. <laughs> well, So are you in pain? No. I haven't even taken painkillers today. So you're never in pain? It depends. Sometimes, like, one pin will be kind of itchy or something. And, yeah, then it kind of has seasons. It decides like one will hurt, then you get over it, then another one will hurt. But it's never like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm dying. It's not like the first week or the first month.
2: Mm. And what about um, everyday life? So you've got lots of time on your hands because you had to drop out of school. Mm -hmm. So what do you do every
3: day? anything I feel like (laughs) I kind of just try and find things to occupy myself like now it's the blog and then I'm having a fashion show in August tell me about the fashion show so I'm having a fashion show well since I dropped out I was like well I kind of feel like I've achieved nothing this year it's like a wasted year so I decided to challenge myself to see can I create a collection and everything without that piece of paper behind me So then as well, and I was like, wait, with this, I can also raise money for other children who can't afford the surgery. So so just because you can't afford it doesn't mean you shouldn't have it. So I want to raise money for that. And there are other causes that are also close to my heart. Like when I was in high school, there was a friend of mine who was a gymnast who injured his back. He fell and broke his neck and essentially is paralyzed from the chest down. So rehabilitation for him and other people similarly cost a lot of money so I also want to help people like that because it's all about mobility for me I'm passionate about getting people moving around whether we are donating a mobility scooter or it's the exo suit, anything so the girls at the back want to know how you sleep do you take your brace <laughs> off at night that's the most common question if I could take it off I wouldn't have come with it today <laughs> <laughs> so no it's on it's in, it's in there until until they surgically remove it. I sleep forever. I can sleep on my stomach, whatever I want. I will make a plan. Watch out on my blog. I will put up like pictures and have like maybe FAQ um, Fridays where I answer all these questions that people ask.
2: What is the most bizarre question you've ever been asked?
3: Oh, someone asked me, "Am I still able to have sex?" And I was like. Um, <laughs> I don't know I didn't... okay that's personal but I, I suppose if I really wanted to I could
2: <laughs> well, so what does that mean
3: <laughs> if I really wanted to I probably would make a plan but I'm not motivated in any way to do that uh,
2: so tell me about tell me about your best friend tell me about how you guys met we're going to call him a little bit later but, <laughs> cause you, you say, he's my nurse he's my everything
3: yes my best friend <laughs> in the whole wide world um. Well, we met through a mutual friend. She had all these pictures of him on BBM. And I was like, oh my God, he looks so cool. I want to be his friend. And she was like, okay. And she gave me his BBM pin. So then we started talking and we hit it off like a house on fire. And actually, it was almost like our relationship was resented by his friends or our mutual friends because they're like yeah, your statuses are always about each other are you guys dating what's going on i was like no we're best friends we just get along we can talk about the most random stuff and ever since i moved to joburg it's like when i first came out of hospital i had to get these injections to stop my blood from clotting because i couldn't walk around and I'm scared of needles. My mom's scared of needles. And I don't trust her because she could just, like, stab me or something. Because she gets too nervous. She gets too nervous and she starts panicking. So then he he would inject me and all this stuff. So I'm like, yeah, he's my best dad. I can count on him.
2: Yeah. And uh, so you met for the first time ever. On my birthday. Last on, year. <laughs> on your birthday last year. Yeah. But you've been friends for how long?
3: A year and a half, maybe. Yeah, just about. Do
2: you do you find that technology? Because when I was speaking to you yesterday, you were on Skype, and you do you find that technology makes it easier for you now that you you've got limited mobility?
3: Funny enough, I haven't really been on social media and stuff like that since the operation. I just didn't. It was almost like my my energy and time was more focused on other things. Like okay, like four months ago, wait, no, two months ago, I finally had a bath. So I was like, okay, we're going to figure Whoa. this out. <laughs> like in the actual bath, I took a little step, put it in, put the leg on top, filled up the water to a certain level. So it's like, I'm busy trying to figure out other things. And like the covers that they give us for the brace from the hospital are ugly. They're just black and just, duh. So then I was like, okay, let me design a new uh, cover for myself and see how it goes. So I got occupied with other things. And also, I feel like people ask the same questions all the time like, oh, how's the leg? Are you okay? I'm like, oh, can you ask me other questions? I'm not my leg. Come on now. I want to talk about other stuff. It's almost like they want you to be sad about it, and I can't. Mm-hmm.
2: And what are the other stuff that happened in your life besides your leg stuff?
3: Um, Well, I was an exchange student for a year when I was 16. Yeah, it's just been Tell the me leg. about that. <laughs> oh, It was an interesting experience. (laughs) I had to move states because uh, I had not such a great host mother. And then I moved to a really big family where I had like four siblings. And it was fun. I loved it. Although my family, that family really loved going to church. And I'm not really a church person. So that took some getting used to. Like twice a week. I was like, wow. I thought it was just for Sunday.
2: (laughs) Where, Where were you an exchange student to?
3: I was in Minnesota and Nebraska.
2: And how different was your life there from your life here in South Africa? Super
3: different. It was very white. It was the first time where I was like, wow, I'm the only black person here. And then even things like doing my hair, my host mom didn't know what a relaxer was and all this stuff. So we'd have to drive into town and look for a salon that would do black hair. So a lot of my pictures from then, my hair is just a disaster. And then also, um, first month or so, I well, me and all the other students who lived, there got very sick from the food because it's not as healthy as what we eat here. So we got very sick. So you lost a lot of weight and stuff like that. But yeah, it. I just learned to use stuff like Skype and st- when I was there. So I learned some new things like that. And you got, also school was fun. You got to take inter- interesting subjects like psychology, sociology. So I enjoyed that.
2: In high school. Yes,
3: they're very nice subjects.
2: And (laughs) and how how did that kind how did your your leg when you were over there, your bow leg, Mm -hmm. how how did that um how was that um accepted? Or not when you were over there.
3: I'm sure a lot of them did not know about it because by then, then the, my left leg was shorter than the right, so I just adjusted how I stand or how I walk. So a lot of people thought I had attitude because of the way I stand, because I had to like bend the one and like, put my hand on my hip. So they were like, oh my god, this girl has such attitude. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was like, okay, I'll let you think what you, uh, I'll let you think that, I'll leave it at that. Really. Yeah, even in my high school, in grade 8 and 9, people were like, oh my, we had to do a class where um you had to uh, emulate the walk of someone in front of you. And that same friend who broke his back, he had to do my walk. And he was like, your walk is so sassy. I can't do this. And did you tell them? No, I just kept quiet. I was like, oh, well, that's just me. <laughs> I left it at that.
5: Keeping it real on Com.
4: No girl. It's crazy.
5: So I've always been wanting a girl like you. It's fine, bro. <laughs> can, can I get your number? Oh, damn. The club by the closet.
6: radio ad before. It's delivered in an eloquent British accent, so you can tell it's going to be very clever. It's got big words like perspicacious and mellifluous in it. See? And wait for it. Here comes an obligatory stream of alliteration. Dare to delve into an adrenaline-fueled dream in a four-wheel drive with blind spot detection. Now for some witty car references as I take my delivery dying gear and arrive at the point. You've heard this radio ad before, and you deserve better. Experience radio like you've never seen it before with the Cliff Show live on Comedy Central, Mondays to Fridays between 6 and 7.15 a.m. An honest, no-holds-barred radio show everywhere except on f***ing radio.
2: It's quarter to one. You're still tuned in. I'm Pumimashijo, and you're on Wumanda. We're talking to Bunolo Mataboche who's sharing her experience um, living with a brace, being 19 years old in South Africa, and all her experiences in life in general. So, Winolo, just before we went um, to listen to that song and you had your little dance break, (laughs) you were telling us a little bit about um, your friend, Kevin. Yes,
3: my bestest friend in the whole wide world.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why is he your bestest friend in your whole wide world?
3: I don't know, I feel like other friends can come and go, but ah, I can't see myself not being his friend. We just get along so well. Like, I don't even have to tell a whole story. he'll understand why I'm irritated or whatever. Whereas, I have some other friends who are like, oh no, you know, other people, they process things differently, blah, blah, blah. And Kevin would be like, no, that's stupid. End of story. Kevin, hello.
2: Kevin's on the line. Kevin. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks for you. So she can't stop talking about you here. <laughs> and I want to know about about Munalo and your friendship with her.
7: Okay. um, Essentially, it started out like back in um, grade 11, I think, towards the end. And then, as she said, yeah, we met each other for the first time on our birthday and stuff. And I don't know, for some reason, it seemed as though we were like, almost addicted to the friendship because hence as time went on uh, all our friends or well our mutual friends as she said started like sort of being like uh, you guys talk too much about each other and stuff and then it got into this small thing so I'm just like essentially the two of us have grown so well together like sort of pushing each other to do better and mm-hmm. our own things and stuff that like yeah it's just made our relationship much stronger and like more more so than most of the other relationships that we had with our other
2: friends. She says to me that you're like everything to her. More importantly, you like helped her out tremendously after her surgery. Tell me yeah. about that experience.
7: No, that is so true. Yeah, especially like on the like a few days after she came back from operation and stuff, um, her mother immediately put us into like work. And stuff because we had to make t shirts and stuff for the, uh, the Nelson Mandela thing and stuff, you know, to sort of commemorate and stuff. And during that time, Bonola was just still, and um, she was still a bit like weak and stuff. So I was there helping her, you know, uh, as she said, injecting her uh, when she needed me to and stuff. And even nowadays, like, you know, when she's able to move around and stuff, I still like. I'm there for her. I feel like a a nurse, almost like a house nurse, whenever I visit. You know.
2: And what 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 drives you? Why do you do that? What's What's in it for you? What's in it for you?
7: What's in it for me? There's nothing much, really. It's just that I almost feel like after all the stuff that they've done for me, you know, in terms of like. Like, Bonola's mother is great at giving us opportunities and stuff. Hence, this whole fashion show that she's um, also helped Bonola with. I mean, uh, their family, essentially, has given me all these opportunities. And in that sense, I feel like almost, I feel like it's, I don't know how to put it, but I feel like I should help whenever I can. And also, I mean, she's my best friend, you know, (laughs) and I mean you can't go wrong with helping your best friend and stuff like that, you know? And does yeah.
2: Does helping Winola make you want to help other people in...
7: Essentially, yeah, because I mean, okay, I've also been like one of those people that just helps a lot. Like, I I found myself the other day at school just helping everyone. (laughs) Like, I don't want to sound like I was bursting or anything about my skills or whatever, but like, I was just helping so many people and stuff. So it's just in my nature to help people and stuff. So, Helping bonola is just like it's another thing that I just that I just do
2: and what's your most memorable experience with bonola with... and her brace
7: and her brace Wow, um <laughs> I can't really okay um, I can't really think of one right now, but it must be the immediate days, like immediately after she came back and having to inject her, I won't lie. <laughs> Cause it meant I was getting close to the X fix and getting, and honestly speaking, a it was scary. B I was afraid that I'd touch it and I'd hurt her. Cause I remember she cried one time because somebody hit like pulled on it by mistake and stuff. So I was just terrified and having to give her injections as well. And the needle wasn't small. It was. Yeah, so it was just like, I'm stabbing my friend, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was just
2: terrifying. It was terrifying. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for all the help that you give, it, Bunola. And I really hope that it, it satisfies you and that no, you no. It, and that it inspires you to help lots of other people because she seems like she's helping on helping lots of other people with ex-fixes. What is ex-fix? Yes. Because you also call it an ex-fix. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with us. <laughs>
0: No, thank you so much. Unreal. Uncensored. unradio. Clipcentral.com.
2: <laughs> so Bonolo, what what freaks you out um most about your X Fix and maybe about when you eventually take it off?
3: Nothing really. My biggest fear was getting an infection. I got one and I didn't die, so <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I'll enjoy people not stopping me and asking me questions. Yeah. I, mm, nothing freaks me out. Even mm. when people bump it, I, I, don't, I don't feel it. They get more scared than I do. You don't feel it at all? No. It hurts them more than it hurts me. It, I just kind of feel like a bit of a vibration. I'm like, oh. Uh-huh. I actually had someone bump into me and I didn't realize. It. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, for what? And they're like, I bumped into you. I was like, oh, okay.
2: Oh, wow. And has the ex- finally fixed
3: it we won't know until it comes off (laughs) it's like a work in progress you go in for x-rays they tell you if it's going well or like if you need to exercise your muscles more because you can't step on the ground and stuff like that
2: Mm -hmm. and when does it come out
3: maybe in three months if my bone is behaving as it should Uh uh-huh so yeah it's it's a guessing game it's kind of like it's up to your body how quickly it will heal
2: mm-hmm.
3: Can you take If if they take it out
2: And they say to you More surgery or, or Longer with the ex are uh, you, Do you still have it in you?
3: Longer with the X, Probably Next surgery I'd have to think about it I kind of told myself I'm retiring after this So I, it would have to be, I'd really have to Think about it
2: mm-hmm. We've got Tulani on the line who wants to ask a question Tulani how are you?
3: Um, I don't want to ask the question. That's my friend from, I'm um,
0: from Cape Town. Ah, my brother. Oh, that's my gosh. My there. I couldn't hold up. I stopped everything. Today. That's my sister. Yes. <laughs>
2: oh, that's I so exciting.
0: you can dance without anything on the
2: Every time a song comes on. you can see her when we are with Bonolo. <laughs> She
0: makes the clothes. I couldn't, uh, you know, the feeling I have, I wish sometimes I can take it from my leg and bring my own leg.
2: Oh, wow.
0: You know, she's one of the inspirational people I've ever met
2: on planet Earth. What makes her so inspirational?
0: You know, she, she's, 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 you feel guilty for her, but she doesn't feel guilty for herself. Mm. She doesn't have the pain. When people look at her on the streets, she would say, let's walk away. Now, what are they looking at? Mm.
2: And what have you learned From
0: hanging out with her. her. I've learned in life there's nothing that should stop a human being from living.
2: Mm. Wherever
0: she stands up in the morning, you see a new dawn and a new lifetime.
2: Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Tulane, thanks for calling us.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Okay, (laughs) sharp. Thanks.
5: Keeping it real on CliffCentral.com.
3: Are you crying? I didn't expect him to call. Like, my mom adopts a lot of people. So, like, he's one of my many brothers. So, I was like, oh, Tulani. I know the name, but I didn't expect it to be him. So, now I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I haven't seen you in such a long time. So, I got (laughs) really excited. (laughs) Really? And how long have you known Tulani? Oh, for years. Since, like, 2005, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, When my mom was working on a housing project in Cape Town. So, that's when I met him. And he became my... Fourth, fifth. I don't know how many brothers
2: I have anymore. Mm. And um, the show's almost over, but I want to ask you if you could tell any other person having a similar experience to you one thing that you wish you had been told that would
3: have made your experience better. (sighs) The doctors only know part of it because they've never been through it. So sometimes what they tell you you must have to work things out for yourself and sometimes not following exactly everything they tell you to do works better because sometimes i had to figure things out for myself like bathing they're like no don't ever get in the bath and i was like no it's been four months i need a bath so i made a plan so yeah and like my doctor funny enough he ended up having bleeding on the brain and he had to go have surgery and then when he came back, he was like, oh, my God, I hate the injection that they give you guys. I want to stop it. I was like, no, 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 you're weak. You can't handle it. Let us continue having it. Mm. Do not stop it. And he was like, I don't know, being in a hospital and all this stuff is it's not nice. And he's like, yeah, even if I have a bad day or whatever, I can't be, like, upset around my patients or whatever. Because he was a patient, so he experienced it.
2: And where do you find where do you find the joy? Where do you find the strength? Through all the stuff, through all the surgeries, every now and again, through the trying to figure out all the stuff that you need to do, where do you find the joy?
3: I don't know. I, I've never really been fazed by these things. I like music. I like dancing. Recently, I love YouTube. This just You can't go wrong with YouTube. You'll always find something to make you laugh. And also having good friends around you. Yeah, that's it. And your family. Because I think without my grandmother and my mom, as much as my grandmother disapproves, every time I've had a surgery, she's been there. So, yeah, just having people around you to help you out. Because I think if people kind of lock you away in a corner and don't pay attention to you, it'll make you feel like something's really wrong with you. Mm, Bunola, thank
2: you so much for sharing your joy with us. And thank you for sharing a little bit of your life experience. Thank I you. Think you. I think you're definitely... The the next generation of the Womandla female. You definitely have girl power (laughs) and it's all grown up in you. So, thank you for being with us today.
3: Thank you and thank you for having me. And please Please, read my blog.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tune in again next week, same time, same place, right here on Cliff Central. Listen to Womandla, girl power, all grown up.